0: This is the Christian Circle Podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. Hi everyone, it's June and I've got some great news about the podcast. So the first thing is that we've decided to start a series on saints. Now, I don't know if you've heard the previous podcast, but you know that Maria discussed you know a few things about saints and their famous quotations and their famous things that they said and all this stuff. And um, what ended up happening is that we decided to take a closer look at uh, the feedback that we got about saints. And uh, we talked to one of our previous guests, Charles, who has been here before on this show about starting a series because he runs a similar series on his website, which is now that I'm a catholic.wordpress.com. And so we decided to start a series on saints. Now, I know that a lot of people who are listening to us are going to like go, oh my gosh, saints, But um, there's a lot to learn and we're going to steer clear of the flashpoints and the division and the doctrine. And we're just going to look at what we can pick up and learn from these people. Charles is going to talk about this series once a month. Okay, so we're going to do um, our regular podcasts are going to go on as usual and we're going to add a second podcast in a month um, to our regular series. So we're actually going to do two podcasts a month. Now, you will know that we have also subscribed to Patreon. So the reason is because all this extra space now requires more hosting. And this hosting is going to have to be paid for. So if it's possible, please do subscribe and help us on Patreon if you can support us. And if you cannot support us uh, financially on Patreon, then please support us with your prayers because we are in dire need of prayers. I have to say this because it's really, really difficult to um, get people on the show, convince them, have everything running smoothly, get an entire podcast without mistakes, and then have it uploaded online. You won't believe how many problems we have at each and every step of, you know, doing a podcast. So keep us in your prayers, pray especially for our guests who keep coming every week or every month because we actually schedule a podcast every week to be recorded and I can't tell you how many times people have said no. So please, please pray for our guests, pray for the people who come here on the show, pray for all of their families, their problems um, and their time as well that they spend with us. um. Apart from that, um, if you're a Christian business or a Catholic business that requires sponsorship online, then for a very tiny, and I really mean tiny fee, I would be willing to put up an ad before and after the podcast is over. So um, if you're a Catholic or Christian business, write to me using the contact form on uh, PamelaQFernandez.com and I should be able to put up an ad for you, a very tiny ad for a very tiny fee. Um, (laughs) And hopefully we can help your business, uh, whatever that is to grow uh apart from that um we've got some really special guests coming up uh during the next six months planned so don't forget uh about the series and saints and we'll head straight to the podcast right now can you hear me so before
1: we start just tell us why you picked uh saint paul i mean there's a variety of people to talk about why did you pick saint paul
2: uh well i want to pick someone that was uh one of the apostles, even though he wasn't one of the 12 apostles, he was, you know, an apostle. Yeah. St. Thomas Aquinas called St. Paul the apostle. Yeah. You know? So I wanted to pick someone that was, uh, you know, had a lot of biblical material about him. So uh, someone that was very ecumenical, you could say, too, you know, to appeal to not just our Catholic listeners, but also you know, anyone who's a Christian can, you know, relate to St. Paul. Yeah. And also probably of all the... uh Of all the New Testament characters you can think of, I think his, you know, conversion story is probably the most dramatic.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, he goes from far to the one side to completely, like, basically wrote half the New Testament. You know, from being a killer of Christians to the teacher of the church, you know. So I thought it was a very interesting kind of contrast in his life.
1: So that's the thing about St. Paul is that he had a very checkered past. I mean, he's just not a man who murdered one person. I mean, he brutally killed a lot of people. But then God chooses anybody, you know, to do his work. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, what St. Paul's past was like? I mean, what drove him? What made him do what he
2: did? Yeah, well, that was interesting about St. Paul was it wasn't, it was kind of like a, a misplaced righteous anger. You know, like we've all got our, we've all found ourselves mad at people or mad at certain situations and stuff and feel like we're in the right. Yeah. But then come to find out later on that we aren't. Yeah. You know, we've all been in that kind of situations. Yeah. And Saint Paul was uh he was a Pharisee okay. which, you know, a lot of people that read the Bible they think Pharisee automatically is like a bad thing, but really it was it was like a, a political sect, you yeah. know. And he was uh, he was a Pharisee, and he was his father was a, he hinted at his father was a Pharisee yeah. when he was given his pedigree, and uh, I think it was in Galatians. Yeah, yeah. But he was raised as a uh, like he was taught the law by uh, Gamaliel, mm-hmm. who was one of the you know the one of the most well known teachers of uh, Judaic law, you know back that mm-hmm. in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I find really interesting too, with a side note about his teacher. If you read in Acts chapter Mm 5, when uh, St. Peter, and I think it was St. John, was brought before the Sanhedrin, Mm -hmm. and they were debating back and forth, Gamaliel Mm -hmm. took a very moderate approach to this, you know, nascent Christianity, and he said, he named all these different other people that came up and rose up against the Romans, or rose up against the powers that be, and were put down, basically. Mm -hmm. And he said, if they're not of God, they'll just die out on their own, but they are of God, we'll be opposing God himself if we oppose it. So I thought it was very interesting. That was his teacher, yeah. and yet Paul didn't take that approach. He took mm-hmm. the complete opposite. He took the kill them all, a like God sort of approach, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but he was, uh, you know, he was from uh, Central Asia, what I guess would be modern Turkey nowadays, mm-hmm. Tarsus.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
2: was a Roman citizen, too. That's what, uh, you know, kind of comes around the end of his life. Mm-hmm. The Roman citizen part really plays into that. Mm-hmm
1: very he uh, man, right? I mean he's uh, yes, yes, he's, he's he was
2: trained in the law. He said, uh, you know when he was before the Sanhedrin, he was trained in the law, and he said that he was he himself was a Pharisee. And he kind of played that back and forth off the uh,
3: mm-hmm. when he
2: first got brought before the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He played the Pharisees against the Sadducees, you know it was two like dueling factions. Mm-hmm. and so he he recognized it was kind of a rift yeah. in the crowd, basically, and he played them against each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was a very educated man. he knew. He knew the, the scriptures well, and yeah. that's the thing about him is he had, he had righteous anger because if you're following this man named Jesus, this rabbi mm-hmm. that comes up in Galilee, mm-hmm. and if he isn't truly the son of God, well, then he's the worst of all blasphemers because yeah. he's claiming to be God. Yeah. So from Paul's point of view, you know he was, really, he was suffering from spiritual blindness. Yeah. So from his point of view, what he was doing was 100% right. And that's why he's such a, an important character for us to pay attention to because, like I said, we've all been in situations where we thought we've been 100% right. Yeah. And you're not seeing the whole story.
1: So, in a way, uh, isn't Paul actually a very powerful man also for whom it's very difficult to actually make this change from being a man who was a a very hardcore Jew to being somebody who's now a nascent Christian? Isn't it more harder for him because he was a very powerful, very influential man?
2: Right, right. Yeah, it would be easier. I'd imagine... I mean, I don't know personally, but mm-hmm. I'd imagine back in that day, it would be easier to be a convert from just kind of Roman paganism
3: yeah. than it would
2: be if you were a very faithful Jew, because it's a it's a revolutionary idea you're yeah. you're buying into here mm-hmm. that the the king, you know, because they worship the God that we worship, yeah. but this King of the Universe, is God, the Creator of the entire universe, became man and was born in this little you know shanty town ten miles yeah. south of Jerusalem, yeah. you know, so. Where people lived in caves in Bethlehem, yeah. and it would be it would be a tough sell, I think. It would be harder to buy it as that's probably why Paul you know, Paul would go around to when he would come down to new city, he would go into the synagogue first and preach mm-hmm. to the synagogue,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he, usually he'd win over a few people here and there, but then he'd go out to the Gentiles outside, and it seemed like he had a lot more
3: yeah.
2: uh, you know, a lot a lot better time with the Gentiles than he did with the Jews because, like I said, I think it would be a hard hard
1: sell. Yeah. So, this major turning point in Paul's life, which was his uh, start, the start of his ministry, uh, uh-huh. was on the road to Damascus. So, uh-huh. what exactly is, is pertinent about this encounter that he had with with Christ? Because lots of people have encounters, but then after that, they don't have the effect that Paul had in his ministry, you know? Right. So, what's so special about Paul's turning point?
2: Well, Paul seen Jesus, like, actually seen a, a physical manifestation mm. of Jesus.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh one of the things I think is so powerful about that too is Jesus said to them, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he didn't say why are you persecuting my church or my followers or my yeah. people. He said me. Because when we're baptized, we're baptized into Christ. Yeah. One body. Yeah. And so Saul at the time was he was literally knocked to the ground. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's not blindness, too. And yeah. he was going, he's going into Damascus to take people out as captives, to take them back mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. Yeah. And now he has to be led by the hand, because he's blind, into Damascus. Now he's the one being led by the hand. Yeah. You now, I think it was a really powerful, powerful point in his life.
1: Okay. It also means that uh, Christ actually does not separate his body from his church, right? I mean, he is mm-hmm. the church. Right,
2: yeah. Yeah, because that's what he said. He said, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was was very powerful. It's a thing that you kind of, I mean, everyone knows the conversion of St. Paul. Everyone knows that story. I think even atheists would know that story. (laughs) It's a very famous biblical story. But you can gloss over certain things, especially things you've heard so many times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've read that a million times myself, and it really struck me not too long ago, you know, kind of a personal conversion in my life where I've Mm -hmm. always been a Christian, but I kind of had more of a, recommitment.
3: Yeah.
2: And it struck me a couple of years ago when I was reading that, I said, why are you persecuting me? Because when we're baptized into Christ, when we're part of the church,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we're part of Christ. Yeah. You know, so that's, a, that's a really powerful thing.
1: So this encounter that uh, Paul has, you see the same, like many encounters that he has throughout his ministry later. So many people actually, once they have their first uh meeting with christ later on that encounter kind of peter's off or you know they don't stay in touch or don't remain right. in dialogue with uh with uh with with god so what is exactly paul doing i mean through his ministry that strengthens his dialogue with with god and what can we do similarly to what paul did
2: well i think the important thing is is it's like the parable jesus told about the uh sowing the seeds, you know, the different ground Mm -hmm. the seed falls on, if it falls on shallow soil and the sun burns it up, or if it falls on with the weeds, all these different things, you know. But one of the important things is, a lot of people miss it too, because if you read just the Acts account of the conversion of St. Paul, he goes, he's knocked off, well, we think he's knocked off his horse, because that's how it's always portrayed in art, but it doesn't actually say horse. He's just knocked to the ground, and uh, he gets led by the hand into the city, and then Ananias comes and you know scales fall off his eyes and he's healed and he's baptized and repents and then he had to flee the Jews because he was preaching in the synagogues and stuff and it said after you know many days he had to flee but what a lot of people don't know is because it isn't in the Acts account but if you read in Galatians when Paul's kind of given his pedigree and why he should be listened to as an apostle mm-hmm. he tells them about how he went off into Arabia for three years and he was taught the gospel by God. You know, I think that's the, that's the key thing with Paul's life. Mm-hmm. At this point, Paul no longer saw it. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing with his life is he listened to God. Mm-hmm. You know, he encountered the gospel. He encountered the person of Jesus, not just the idea of Jesus as some great moral teacher
3: yeah.
2: or just some, you know, just some rabbi that was you know, just teaching people out in the wilderness. <laughs> he, he encountered the risen Christ. I think that's really the key there, is we have to encounter the risen Christ in our own life. Okay. We have to sit at the feet of Jesus and you know, really absorb the gospel from him. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think one of the things that's uh, important there, that I've noticed, like, whenever I've read Paul, is that Paul doesn't just quote scripture. He prays scripture. And, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of different because, for me, I would just read all of it, but I wouldn't pray it. But, um, Paul keeps doing that throughout. I mean, in the Acts and even later, he prays scripture all the time instead of just quoting it,
2: right? hmm Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And uh, uh, the, what he's writing too was actually became yeah. scripture too. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Is he's, you know, he like I said, he wrote, I don't know, thirteen or fourteen of the twenty-seven books in the New Testament. So that's a lot of that's <laughs> a lot of writing. And also, there's, uh, I can't remember if it was three or four. There's three or four books that he references. In different places in his letters that he wrote like my previous letter to you that we don't actually have. So there'd be even more Pauline epistles, you know they were just kind of lost to posterity.
1: So what exactly about Paul's ministry are like the most uh, highlighted throughout? I mean if we're uh, telling somebody who's absolutely new to Christianity, what are some of the highlights you can give us about St. Paul's life and his, his ministry?
2: Uh, well, he founded churches all over Asia Minor and uh, mm-hmm. Greece, I guess what we modern day Greece, Macedonia. Mm-hmm. He founded churches all over them. He wrote letters to all these churches back and forth. Yeah. And that's basically where the New Testament, I mean, you got the Gospels, then you've got the letters of St. Paul, and then you have several other letters by like Peter and John and Jude and uh, mm-hmm. Revelation. But he wrote the bulk of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And what he was saying as he was writing it, too, was it wasn't, it wasn't something that wasn't second-hand knowledge that he had. Like I said, it was yeah. received by God. Yeah. You know, It was the gospel. And he says, as it was handed down to me, and he also gives uh, an account you know, when we're at Mass and we hear the Eucharistic prayer.
3: Yeah. That
2: prayer is from 1 Corinthians. You know, On the night he was betrayed, he took... So he recounts all that, too. Uh, he was known, like I said, St. Thomas Aquinas called him the Apostle, even though he wasn't one of the Twelve. Yeah. He wasn't one of the Twelve Apostles. But the word Apostle means sent out, you know, like sent out with a commission to preach the gospel, and Jesus sent him out on a mission. Uh, another thing, too, that I think is interesting about the life of Paul, is after his conversion, and he goes away for three years, and he comes mm-hmm. back, he goes to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and then he had to flee Jerusalem, they put him on a boat and sent him back to Tarsus, Barnabas did, and then it wasn't until the church in Antioch needed someone to teach them, so it doesn't say how long it was, it could have been a year, it could have been a couple of years, mm-hmm. but Paul sat and waited, yeah. Until he was called to serve, like he waited until he was called into service by the church, you know.
1: Yeah. And, and so that I think was that's a very easy, right? I mean, he was beaten, shipwrecked. Uh, <laughs> he had a very. Oh yeah, that comes. Yeah,
2: that comes later. That was before he even started. Once he starts his ministry in uh, Antioch, mm-hmm. then he went on. uh He went on at least three missionary journeys mm-hmm. for his, you know, his arrest and trial in Rome and everything. Yeah. And some say because the book of Acts ends with really no resolution to his trial because he got arrested and he spent two years in prison in Caesarea yeah. and then he got sent off. He appealed because he was a Roman citizen. Like I said, he, got, he appealed to Caesar because that was his right. So he gets shipped off and on his way to Rome, mm-hmm. he gets shipwrecked and he was in Malta <laughs> for a while and then like, all these just non-stop. Yeah. But it was really, you know, it really points out to the, uh, St. Augustine and St. Uh, Thomas Aquinas talking about the problem of evil, that God would only allow evil It's part of his omnipotence that God would only allow evil if he can bring a greater good from it. And the evil of, the just natural evil of shipwreck, but also imprisonment and torture and all that, brought the gospel to all these different places. Like, would the missionaries have made it to Malta had it not been for a shipwreck? Mm -hmm. We don't know. But Paul just, he spread the gospel from one end of the empire to the other, basically. And he was just a terrific missionary.
1: So it means also that uh being a missionary it doesn't mean that you're immune to all of these things like you you have to go through them but uh you learn from paul he's so persistent i mean he still says so many positive things i mean anybody else would have broken down by then and given up oh, yeah. back home
2: yeah well four of his uh actually four of his epistles were written while in jail in uh rome yeah he wrote four of his epistles and one of the epistles too the a letter to the Philippians is called the epistle of joy because it yeah, just keeps yeah. saying so much joy and joy. <laughs> yeah. You think, how can, how could you be joyful if you're sitting in a I Roman know. prison? Because I couldn't be joyful in an American jail, <laughs> you know, and that would be like uh, a Ritz Carlton compared to a Roman prison 2000 years ago. But yeah. so, Paul was.
1: Yeah. So what else can you learn from him? I mean, a lot of his uh, writings focus on uh, a lot on the moral uh, aspects of living. You know, mm-hmm. he talks about prayer, he talks about chastity, he talks about building the church, relationships, all of these things. So can you tell us a little, like, focus a little bit about on, you know, these small things that he's talk, talking about throughout his uh, writings?
2: Yeah. Well, I, if I was to take, like, what lessons to learn from Paul, because you can, you know, the, basically everything we know about Christianity, half of what we know about Christianity is mm-hmm. based on Paul. Yeah. And... If I was really to take like from his life two two major lessons, it would be to not let suffering put us off track. Yeah. You know, we're all going to suffer in different ways. Mm-hmm. And when Paul at one point even wrote in one of his letters that he had a thorn in the flesh, yeah, yeah. and we don't know what that was. We don't know if it was a temptation or if it was an illness or what it was or someone just, just an irritating person. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but he asked God to remove it from him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus told him, You know, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, and so that was, that's really, you know, and all these other things that happened on I mean, him. He was shipwrecked, I think he was shipwrecked like three times too. Yeah. And just, he was imprisoned, you know, for a total of two years in uh, Caesarea and two years in Rome. And all these different things. He was bit by a snake while he was on Malta and just yeah. shook it off into the fire. <laughs> yeah. you know, all these things that would have made. Regular people just quit just say i yeah. i 've had enough of this. Yeah. Well, you know all these things he didn 't want to put them off. He continued through, and he used that suffering you know, he said "He's rejoices in the suffering that 's yeah. building up what 's lacking in the body of Christ, and what is lacking is us joining our sufferings to Jesus, you know, us allowing the things in this world to happen and not putting us off track basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I would uh, that I would take from Saint Paul's life is that nobody is beyond redemption.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Because okay. he was like he literally it says when he was going to uh, going up to Damascus he was breathing murder. Yeah. That's how bad how bad did he hated <laughs> the church that he was breathing his breath his very breath was murderous. So, if God could take him, mm-hmm. and change him around, it just nobody's beyond that. If if it's possible for him. And that really, it haunted him all the rest of his life, too, but he never really got over that. And that was probably part of his suffering, too, because he said in, uh, I think it was in 1 Corinthians, he said he was unfit because he persecuted the Church of God, that he was unfit to even be an apostle.
3: Yeah.
1: So it played on his mind, I guess. What was that? It played on his mind. I mean, even that guilt. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that nobody is beyond, you know, because that even he said in Romans that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You know, and then he also said in uh, 1 Timothy, he said that Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and he said, and I am the foremost of sinners. Yeah. He knew how sinful he was himself for yeah. the past, mm-hmm. the things that he had done in the past. Yeah. But he also knew that if God can change me, and that's why it's so powerful. So that's probably why God picked them yeah. is because of who he was. Yeah. But if God could change St. Paul, who murdered saints... Yeah. You know, <laughs> he was there, he was complicit in the murder of uh, St. Stephen, the first martyr. If, if you can take him and turn him into the greatest missionary the Church has ever known, mm-hmm. then anybody can be used for God's purposes, if we cooperate with it, if we allow it to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So those are the two things that people can learn. What about his, uh, his prayer life? I mean, is there something about his prayer life that people can pick up from? Because he always talks about prayer without ceasing and all these things about yeah. prayer, prayer, prayer. So, is there something that people can 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 get from that as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, just prayer without ceasing. That's a that really is a great uh, prayer tip, I guess you could call it. You know, because a lot of people think of prayer as just this thing that you do and you got to sit down and you know fold your hands in your lap and <laughs> sit there dead quiet and pray for you know thirty seconds or two minutes or however long you can stand to be in silence and that's it. But really, prayer is, who was it that said, uh, he who sings praise twice. Mm
3: -hmm. You know, you
2: can sing a song. Like, uh, my favorite's a Gloria at the beginning of Mass. I love love the Gloria. But uh, (laughs) I find myself singing that in the shower all the time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can sing a song to God as a praise of God. Or you can, just as you're doing things throughout the day, just little things. Yeah. Yeah. Just constant pray without ceasing. Everything you do, offer it up for the glory of God. Yeah. I really think that is a great, a great tip that Paul gives us.
1: So all of this material now, um, tell us what uh, you use. I mean, apart from your biblical sources, what you used to uh, read more about Paul, because there's a lot of division about Paul, you know, especially about the things that he's, he's uh, said in terms of doctrine and otherwise. But right. overall, if you want to read more about Paul or understand him, are there any books that you would recommend to people so that they can read?
2: Yeah, that's funny you say that a lot of division about Paul. He really is, he's claimed by every uh, every branch of, like every different kind of, like Calvinists or Arminians yeah. or like anyone claims Paul. Like, oh yeah, he's on our team. And so, yeah, there is a lot of that going on. Uh, yeah, there's a book that I didn't get to finish the whole book, but i have thumbed through it a few times, is uh, St. Paul by Benedict XVI. He's yeah, one of my yeah, favorite yeah, theologians that's ever.
1: That's the one I picked Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's... Uh, And then also, too, I mean, you just read Acts. uh, I think Paul first shows up in Acts chapter 8 all the way through to, like, the very last sentence of Acts, 28 chapters of Acts, so that's 20, from 8 to 28, so it's 20 chapters, pretty much mostly about St. Paul. Uh, And then just the the conversion story of Paul, you can read that over and over again, find all kinds of little different tidbits that you don't even notice, because, like, the scales that fall off his eyes literally are something that fall off his eyes, so it's a literal, it's it's figurative because he's, yeah. you know, he's now seeing Jesus for who he is, but it's also literal, and it reminded me a lot of uh, Tobit in the Old Testament when yeah, he peeled yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the scales okay. off his eyes. Yeah, yeah. But I would definitely recommend that book, Saint Paul by uh, Benedict the Sixteenth. I recommend anything written by Benedict the Sixteenth.
1: So <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm kind of partial. Yeah,
1: but I think a lot of um, his views on that book are very uh, are more academic. You know. Um uh, uh, is there anything else that you would read? I know that there is a, a book that I know may divide certain people. It's called The Catholic Perspective on St. Paul. So if you want to read uh, why he, we, we believe the way we believe in, in St. Paul that way, then maybe you could pick that book up. But otherwise, yeah. if you want to read about him in general, I think this book, uh, St. Paul the Apostle, is just fantastic if, you, if you're if you starting.
2: Yeah. It's uh, a great place to start.
1: Yeah. And
2: like I said, to start in Acts chapter 8. Acts itself is just a terrific, (laughs) it's like reading a novel if you read Acts, just from Acts chapter one where the ascension happens all the way till Paul on trial in Rome. It really is, it's a compelling read. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, anything else that you want to say about uh, St. Paul? We have um, four minutes left, so if you want, uh, you have any highlights or anything else that you personally have learned from his life that you've implemented in your own life, then maybe you could tell us
2: uh yeah i think i've covered a lot of it uh there's actually a quote here i wrote down from benedict okay. 16. okay and it's the apostle paul an outstanding and almost inimitable yet stimulating figure stands before us as an example of total dedication to the lord and his church as well of a great openness to humanity and all its cultures i think that's a really great encapsulation of saint oh, paul yeah.
0: If you'd like to get in touch with me, you could tweet me at Pamela Q Ferns. I'm also on Facebook at Pamela Q Fernandez. So see you next time. Until then, God bless and take care.